0: Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590.
1: Hey, good morning, gardeners. Uh, lovely morning again today. Looks like pretty decent weather for the rest of this week. Chance of rain? Uh, it's not going to be a very heavy chance of rain. But again, we don't turn down rain here in Texas because it's so infrequent. We're still eight, I believe, inches behind for the year. And even if we were to pick up those eight inches between now and December 31st, that would be flash flood city. That would be an incredible amount of rain for what we have, what, six weeks left? Ugh. Wouldn't want to have to deal with that. In the meantime, for those of you gardening, uh, I wonder, are you taking a bit of a break to prepare for Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving used to be a pretty big deal. Make lots of food, have people over, you know, things like that. And excuse me for bringing in the Grinch early this year, but it was always an interesting situation where you would spend all day preparing food to sit down and eat, and 30 minutes later, you're all done and you gotta clean up the mess. Uh, Don't do that anymore. No, don't we don't do that anymore. Doesn't mean we don't celebrate Thanksgiving with family, but we don't do the throw down a feast situation. Part of that is, you know, families are so spread out. I don't know about you, but I would rather be getting a root canal with no anesthesia than fly during the Thanksgiving break. That is just a bit much for me. Now, what about in the garden? Well, if you're preparing Thanksgiving meals, you should have a bunch of herbs in your garden. This is the proper time of the year, For a whole host of herbs, fennel, dill, uh, cilantro, parsley, uh, all kinds of things that there's nothing better than to be making a meal and to step out the door, reach down, and pluck a bunch of herbs that you need. That makes a meal you know that you talk about a touch of home you grew, you grew it in your garden now i look at the weather report and for most of us in town folks it's unlikely we're going to freeze now wednesday late early thursday they say 38 If you're in further out, that's going to be close for you. But I have peppers and tomatoes yet, and my peppers look great. And I'm going to be able to go pick some of those and put them in uh, meals. That's going to be delicious. I wish they would get red before then. I don't think they're going to turn red between now and Thursday, but it's so nice. It is a touch. You add to the meal you share with others of things that I did that. That's a, that's really a great line. I grew that food. Those are my tomatoes. Those are my peppers. Oh, that fresh taste of dill you have, or maybe you have bay leaves. Yeah, that came from my plants. It's kind of nice. You can make some really impressive meals and give them a real punch, a real punch up with homemade or homegrown herbs. Now we have this holiday coming. We're all gonna have some time off. We get together with friends and family, and we're gonna have we're gonna have problems with something and that is gonna be cedar. When we get this cold burst, the middle of the week That's going to trigger all the cedar pollen. That is not going to be fun for anyone. Let's go to the phone. This is Karen. Karen, what can I help you with? Oh, I just have to share a wonderful Thanksgiving herb recipe, Jeff. You've got me thinking. Um, Okay. Fennel one of my favorite things for thanksgiving is a nice light salad before you go to all that heavy food and i call it the poof salad and it it's P-O-O-F.
2: it's pistachios olives oranges and fennel
1: and it is amazing that sounds delicious um <clears throat> We don't all, you know, what what to do with fennel. So it's just a perfect addition to the Thanksgiving table. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have friends who roast it, put it on the barbecue grill, of all things, and roast it up so it's a good roasted tender, not so crunchy, but that flavor just comes through. It's very, very unique among the herbs. Personally, uh, we have in my family a salad where it's uh, kale and cranberries. It is, it is very, very good. We look forward to it during the holidays. So there's another case that uh, you can pluck it out of your garden and contribute it to a delicious, delicious meal. Oh, and I never thought of roasting a whole bulb so thanks for that Jeff I'm enjoying the cooking show this morning <laughs> well you got to be careful I'm uh, I'm one of those cooks who thinks slightly burned is actually a feature not a problem so anyway you have a, you have a great Thanksgiving Karen and uh, thank you for calling thanks you too take care. Yeah, folks. uh, Fennel. Super good. Super delicious. That aroma is awesome, too. So this this is putting your garden to use right now. We finally got some rain. We got some cooler weather. You can go out there and really punch up those Thanksgiving meals. Personally... Sweet potato pie is my favorite at the Thanksgiving time frame. Not pumpkin, but sweet potato pie. And this is about the right time of the year to be pulling up those sweet potatoes if you haven't yet. They will be delicious in pie. Super good in pie. And the smell of baking sweet potato pie? Oh. that makes it Thanksgiving for me. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. I'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. You know, I mentioned that this cold snap and the cold is really the trigger, we'll get the cedar pollen going. Are we gonna have a bad year this year? No idea, no idea at all. If you suffer from cedar pollen, one thing that you can do to help yourself is start your medications before you need them. Get that medicine in you so that When the cedar explodes, you're already somewhat protected. It'll help reduce the impact it will have on you. Now, when is that going to be? When is it going to be really bad cedar? Don't know. Usually the cold is the identifier of a freeze or frost. And that tends to be a trigger. Once that happens, guess what? That's when the air is smoky because there's so much pollen. Let's go to the phone. This is Jim. Jim, what can I help you with?
2: Hey, good morning. Uh, First off, I want to tell you I absolutely love your show. It makes me have something great to look forward to on the weekends. I learn a lot.
1: Well, thank you, Jim. I appreciate that.
2: You bet. Uh, my question is on rosemary plants. I bought two small rosemary plants. I don't even remember where. And I put them in, some, you know, some pots. Uh, I don't know the size. But they've been growing. They're looking good, uh, fairly good. I'm concerned about the sun. How much sun should they get a day? And water, I water them once a week. And uh, I'm wondering if I should fertilize them. To get them to grow, I'm hoping to get them into kind of like a small bush to put at the front doors. Okay.
1: First off, they can usually handle pretty severe sun. Okay. Second, your watering cycle once a week is okay if those pots drain really well. They do. Okay. Rosemary tends to be a drier plant. Um, it doesn't need lots and lots of water. So when you water, you kind of want to take them from a wet to dry cycle. Got it. Give them a good soaking. Let them dry out. Um, okay, that was two out of three. What was the third one? Will you need to fertilize them. Oh, yeah. Hmm. You know, you don't have to overdo it. Small amounts of a, of a fertilizer would help a lot. Things like, you know, has to grow. Uh, you could do um, fish emulsion fertilizers, maybe once a month. Okay. Yeah, I was and thinking
2: you know, it has to grow. Uh, that was yeah. kind of ringing in my mind. I thought, yeah i bet that would do but i wanted to hear it from the expert <laughs> well
1: and the other thing is jim keep an eye on them because many of the rosemaries will bloom in the cool weather in 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 the winter months and they're beautiful uh, that blue flower everywhere so you got that
2: to look forward to also yeah yeah i didn't know that that's great that's encouraging Okay. Well, you satisfied my questions, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, I really do. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Jim.
1: Yeah, folks, rosemaries have gorgeous blooms. They they really do. And they tend to bloom in a period of time when your pollinators need something. So you will see rosemaries covered with bees. Let's go to the phone. This is James. James, what can I help you with?
3: Morning, Jeff. Um, yes, sir. I just got my uh, onions delivered from Dixondale Farms, and they have a fertilizer recommendation. Um, it's uh, pre-plant uh, with uh, 10-20-10, and then uh, every three weeks, um, ammonium sulfate, twenty one zero zero. And I wondered what you, the organic guys had uh, for that.
1: okay Uh, no ammonium sulfate you know that's not coming from the organic side that's uh, pure chemistry that doesn't mean that it's a horrid product we just can do better than that for fertilizer now you could do alfalfa meal which is like a 10 fish uh not fish. A cottonseed meal is somewhere around a seven for uh, nitrogen and the 102010 product, you know, you could do something like the old um, 464 that the Sustain makes it now, but it used to be the Ladybug 464 um And it'll do fine for your onions. The difference is it's not so much fertilizer. We still have the same ratio of product. The 10-20-10 and the 4-6-4 are the same basic ratio of product. The only problem is going to be you may need to watch just a little because you may need to apply a little more frequently. I don't think so. I think they'll do just fine, but that would be the only difference. Would the Medina
3: <clears throat> growing green uh, be adequate enough? I, I've got plenty of that.
1: Um, it could be. It depends on what variety of it you have. There used to be more than one kind of growing green if you have one that uh, is similar to those ratios you're looking for, that'll be fine. That'll work just great.
3: Okay. And is there any um, foliage spraying going on on the onions as they grow? Uh, is
1: no harm at all if you want to do seaweed spray. But after that, no. There's really nothing that you need to, to to spray with, and they should do just fine for you.
3: And do I need to put down the nature's creation uh, compost in the growing beds before I transplant?
1: Always, always a great, always a great addition. James, I'm hey, the, the oh, host. Got a break for the news. Thanks for the call. Folks, we'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590.
1: Hey, welcome back, folks. Um... James got his onions from Dixondale. He orders such a large quantity compared to what you and I may do. Um, But we are coming up on that time of the year. Onions in Texas are what we call short day onions. They get less than 12 hours of sun per day which causes them to start bulbing. And as the spring comes on, where we get back to the equinox and be in uh, being June, where we have equal number of hours, we're probably harvesting those onions. What's the difference between short day and long day? Imagine Washington State, Willamette Valley, they, they get 14 to 18 hours of sunlight all day. So they need an onion that is prepared for that, that can handle or wants, wants those number of hours the sun. So you may read about a cool onion or... You may say, oh, I want to try this variety. Remember, you need what is classified as a short day onion for the Texas environment. If you get a long day onion, it's not going to bulb. It's not going to do what you're looking for it to do because it's going to be – it's going to be – the wrong number of hours to keep it happy. Onions are coming up. Your nurseries, James got his order. Dixon Dale is starting to ship them out. They will start showing up in the nurseries very soon. So if you're planning on it, you can start preparing your bed. He made a comment that was really important. The better the soil you start those onions in, the better they will grow. So, adding a soil conditioner, adding a good compost, and working it into the top few inches of the soil, no tiller required, folks. You can use a uh, garden fork, you can use your shovel. You can just take a hoe and drag it back and forth a few times a couple of directions to take that compost to get it worked in just to the top couple of inches. You do not need to make it super deep. The better that bed is prepared, the better your onions will do. Onions can generally handle a freeze. onions can handle a freeze they're a great winter plant they don't require much care i have seen pictures of onions growing up through the snow so that is a good sign that they'll do just fine for our winter and what do we do um, to keep them going well The occasional spray of seaweed on the leaves, and that's what that green stalk is, it's a leaf, will really help keep them happy and healthy. A little bit of fertilizer, not a ton, every two to three weeks, side dress the onions with it. They should produce a nice bulb, And if you harvest them correctly, you don't wound them, you know, scratch them or something like that. And the skin's dry on it properly. You can keep onions for months. And they'll be just as good. You can chop them, freeze them. You can dry them, run them through a spice grinder, and you have onion powder. You can dry them and make dried onion rings, which are really good. They're super sweet. You still get onion breath, unfortunately, but they are super sweet and delicious. And it's a great way to preserve your harvest but we're coming up on that time so prepare the bed first onions are in a family called alliums onions garlic shallots and leeks Those are all alliums. That means you could be planting all of them now. They will do just fine during our cold weather. Garlic should have already been put in the ground. You can probably plant it now but you should have already got it in the ground. That way, it would get a start to produce a bulb for you. Leeks do really well. Leeks are a messy plant. Every one of those leaves that form on a leak, right? Dirt gets in them. So you have to cut a leek basically in half and tear all the leaves out and rinse it really well to make sure you're getting all the dirt out of the leaf. Nobody, nobody wants to be eating soup or something like that and bite down and have grit in their mouth. So you really have to do a good job of washing leeks before you eat them. Now, speaking of plants that get dirty, spinach is a problem. Spinach, of all the plants, grows really well and fairly rapidly. I mean, spinach can be a cut-and-come-again plant. Plant a bunch of it, come and harvest a few leaves, let them grow new leaves back. The problem is is so some of the spinaches, the Savoyed kind, the real crinkly leaves, well, they get dirt in those leaves, in the little cracks and crevices of the leaf. And you really have to wash them well. Now there are plenty of spinaches that are flat leaf, meaning they don't have all those crinkles on them. Just as good, just as tasty, and also cut-and-come-again plants. So you can save yourself a little bit of effort or save yourself a tooth if you get flat-leaf-type spinaches instead of the crinkly kind. There's no real difference in taste. There may be a little crispness in the crinkly spinach that can be good. But flat leaf spinach is easier to wash and prepare. You don't have to worry about junk in it. And, or you can do the crinkly spinach and just be careful like you would be with leeks. Really, really rinse it well. Make sure you get any and all dirt out of it. So that you can put it to use and you know i said you can grow onions and one of the things you can do is dry them to put them to to use at a later date throw them into meals and stuff and let them absorb the moisture in the meal leeks are the same way if you're cutting the leak up so that you can make sure you rinse it well cut it into oh one-inch long pieces, and then put it in a dryer. You can store it that way, and you can add leeks, which are commonly added to soups, so that will rehydrate them. That will turn them back into good, delicious uh, addition to any meal. They have that light onion flavor, and it will be wonderful. So your allium family, we're getting ready to put that in. If you're putting in spinach, there is a difference between the two, and mostly it comes down to how much uh, sand you get, into the leaf and can't get out but they all taste the same folks this is gardening naturally i need to take a quick break i'll be right back
0: this is gardening naturally on news radio klbj with host jeff ferris jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590
3: hey
1: welcome back everybody Um, I'm, I, I, I want to talk about something because this is really common. This is not to make you feel bad, all right? I need you to think about something here. It is very common, very common, for lawn treatment places to come to you and find bad spots in your lawn the problem with that is too many times they'll go oh you got grubs really do they have x-ray vision Did they actually dig up in those brown areas and find a lot of grubs? And let me tell you, the natural balance of nature in a square foot of ground is five or fewer grubs, five or fewer. That's a natural balance. They're not eating up your lawn when there's only five in that square foot of ground. More than that, there are a lot of situations where you can find places with more than that. Yeah, they could be an issue for you. Now, many of the products that kill grubs kind of over the top. All right. They are somewhat... Aggressive, meaning they're toxic. They can be very bad for you. So what other ways can you take care of the grubs? One of the easier ones, and right now it's not a bad time at all to be using it, are beneficial nematodes. They hunt down the grub. They can... Smell the carbon dioxide that the grub emits. And they crawl into the grub and they eat and they multiply and they they burst out and go look for the next grub. Beneficial nematodes will not harm you, your pets, your plants, the soil, nothing. If you have a bunch of grubs, look around your property. Do you have a lot of light at night? Because that attracts those beetles that lay the egg that becomes the grub. So before you start instantly assuming that you have grubs, Dig up the area where you think they are. Dig about six inches deep, about a square foot. Look through that soil. If you have more than five grubs in that little patch of ground, you probably need to get treatment. The the chemical versions of grub killer are pretty intense. Consider trying the beneficial nematodes as a method of getting rid of them. Two things about that. Beneficial nematodes um, need moisture in the soil. So we don't use them during the summer because of the drought, for example, and the heat. But you can use them fall and you can use them in the spring, and that'll help reduce the grub problem. Let's go to the phone. This is Brendan. Brendan, what can I help you with?
4: Good morning, Jeff, and thank you for your time in the program. I find it very interesting. Thank my you. Question, my question for you uh, is this. At uh, this time of year, when you pull into a parking place in front of just about any business that has these short uh I guess you'd say oak trees, are it's a, a version of oak trees. There's acorns all over the place. I need to ask you about those. In fact, the danger part of those is when you get out, it feels like you're walking on ball bearings or marbles. But anyway, uh, I would be interested in trying to uh, plant some of these. And what would you suggest about uh, gathering some of these And what would be a good thing to do, keep them in the refrigerator for the winter or uh, plant them now uh, and just let nature take its course? What do you suggest and uh, (laughs) hang up and listen?
1: Uh, Brendan, in most cases, you can pick up those acorns. Now, the fresher they are, the better they are. So if they've been out there for, you know, a month, they could still be okay. But the the, the sooner they fall in, the better they are to try to, to start them into trees. Get yourself like a five-gallon container. You can get a five-gallon bucket if you want. You can go find a five-gallon nursery container. Fill it with a good potting soil and put in maybe a dozen of these acorns, they only need to be as deep as the acorn is wide, all right? So set it on the soil, push it in with your finger, cover it back up with soil. By doing like a dozen in a pot, we call that a community pot, if any at all sprout, you can separate those out later there's a chance you may get, if you put a dozen in, you may get a dozen trees out of it. You may only get a couple, three, depending on the quality of the acorn. (coughs) They generally don't need vernalization, which is that, oh, I got to keep them in the fridge. You can start them right now. When they sprout... You, ha- you can leave them in there for quite a while, but you will need to separate them at some point and put them in their own containers. You went to all this trouble, you don't want to go out there and just stick them in the ground thinking they'll be a tree. Put them in their own containers and give them a little while to grow up, to be maybe two feet tall before you go out and put them out in the garden. If you have deer, do not forget to protect them because those deer will either trample it or bite it off
3: and they'll kill it.
1: They're not very friendly about it. But you can pick those acorns up. And like I said, do a community pot. Keep the soil somewhat moist. Uh, They'll be fine. You can keep it outside. And you will see that they'll start to sprout. Now, they may not sprout till spring. But you can start them now rather than collect a bunch and just keep them around until it's warmer. But that's the easy way to get a bunch of acorns to start growing and once they do, You can pick the healthiest one to be a new tree for your property, or several of them to be new trees for your property. Doing so is going to get you a really good tree. And when we're talking about oaks and acorns, it's not like pecans or... uh, Peach trees or others that have to be grafted to better roots. Oak trees, hey, they're on their right root system, and they will grow here just fine if you were to plant them in the ground. I mean, that's how we got all the oaks we have now, right? Thankfully for squirrels and blue jays, they grab an acorn and they plant it somewhere and then forget about it. And you wind up with uh, trees growing up in your flower pots, <clears throat> in your vegetable garden, in your flower beds. Oaks are uh, a- an easy one to start. Now, if you want some, <clears throat> if you want some extra information on how to have uh, acorns and start them as trees. There is a great book. The author is Jill Noakes, N-O-K-E-S. And you can find it at Half Price Books. And she talks about how to propagate plants of the Southwest, including just about every kind of oak tree you can find in Central Texas. It's worth every penny. It's a great book, and it will really help ensure that the acorns you plant will become the trees you want. Uh, Pat, I see you there. I'm coming up on the top of the hour. I have to break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side. (laughs)